you're listening to a message from Victory. God will punish the wicked, but will spare his children. Learn more about this truth in week four of our series, Remember This. All right, we are on week four of our series, Remember This. This is our last week before we jump off to our Christmas series. And so we'll look at Malachi, and this is a continuation from last week where we talked about the Lord does not change, and He started giving an example of how people were robbing Him, and it was in tithes and offering. But then the conversation continues because as what we said last week, and I do hope you try to listen to our messages because it's tied up, right? It's not a standalone. You need to get the context of the conversation that was happening. But then the Lord continues on and He ends it in Malachi chapter 4. Background was last week, the Lord says, I, the Lord, do not change. What that means is, uh, He started telling them, you know, because I do not change, therefore grace is still extended to you. Even though you need to be punished, I'm still relenting my, my, my judgment because I want you to change. And he gives them an invitation, return to me and I will return to you. And the people were saying, how have we rebelled against you? How have we walked away from you? And the Lord gave them an example. Well, in your finance, check your tithes and offering. I'm just talking about the 10%, not even the 90% that you have. Even on that, we're having issues already. And so I invite you to come to me and return to me and I will return to you. And then they continue on the conversation because a lot of them still had some issues. In spite of the examples of the Lord regarding them, they were still talking about some of the things that the Lord was commenting and they did not agree with the Lord. And we jump off from that and we look at Malachi 3, verse 13. The Lord said, You have said harsh things against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, How have we said against you? We haven't said anything to you that's harsh. And the Lord says, You have said, It is futile to serve God. It is useless to serve me. What did we gain by carrying out His requirements and going about like the mourners before the Lord Almighty? What was the Lord saying? The Lord said, You know, you've been saying things against me. Harsh things. Actually hurts me because you're saying those things. And they were saying, Lord, we did not. Uh, We never said anything. Yeah, you said something. And you did not say it to me, but you're speaking it among yourselves. You're discussing it. And I could hear. You have conversations like that. They're talking about you and you're there. Uh, Guys, andito lang ako. It's the same way. The Lord was saying, I heard what you're saying against, against me. And it's harsh words that you're saying against me. And the very harsh accusation was that it is vain, it is useless to serve me. I hear those. You're speaking among your friends. And these are people who worship God. People who went to the temple, but they were bickering and whining and complaining about what God is not doing for them. And then in verse 15, And now we call the arrogant blessed. Evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape. They were whining, "Why, Lord, here we are, we're serving you. But look, the wicked, they prosper. You put them to the test and they're, they're exempted. Now, they weren't praying that to God. 
They were saying it among themselves. And the Lord paid attention. The Lord was listening. You know, sometimes we're like that. We go to God in prayer, and we're very holy and reverent before the Lord. Lord, God, thank you. And then after, in Jesus' name, amen. Right? And the Lord was saying, I could hear that. I could hear everything you're saying and discussing. You come to me in holy reverence, but then your conversation outside your prayer time, I could actually hear. And you're speaking things that are very harsh. Sounds familiar. Lord, how long have I been serving you? Why did this happen to me? Lord, it's like it's useless to serve you. Look at what you've done. Look at my family member who's sick. Look at my business that is closed down because I was serving you. It is in vain that I serve you, Lord. And the Lord says, I'm hearing all those things. Those are harsh words. Those are accusations that you're speaking against me. So in the book of Malachi, they gave us two kinds of people, two kinds of worshippers or, or believers. The one was saying harsh things against God among themselves. While the other one, as we continue on Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. One who does not fear the Lord and bickers and whine among themselves. And the other group who fears God. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. The Lord says, there's another kind of people, those who fear me, and I paid attention and heard them. I see. I know what's in their heart. I know how they talk among themselves about me. I am honored and esteemed by the conversation that's happening here of God worshippers. Unlike here who are God worshippers but are speaking harshly against me and not serving me. But in the second kind of people, they're people who serve me, honor me, loves me. In the midst of the same circumstances, they have different response. And the Lord says, I remember. I not only pay attention, but I remember to the point that I actually have a document. The Book of Remembrance. And what was remembered in the Book of Remembrance? He says, a Book of Remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed His name. I write those down. I know. How many times in our faith we feel like we're underappreciated? Nobody notices. Here I am, I'm serving the Lord, and I, I know nobody notices. This week, we celebrate 10 years of Victory Green Hills. We started November 25, 2007. Right? And uh, we're celebrating. And some of you have been here for the past 10 years. You've been serving with us. You're in the original 250 people who came and served with us and who endured my terrible preaching. All right? You were here. And sometimes, you know, 10 years, you know, I've never really been appreciated much because it's, you know, it's hard on the budget to appreciate you every week. All right? uh, you know, or, you know, there's no free food. I volunteer. I take time, hours. But then the Lord says, 
you know what? I have a book. I document everything. I remember. I write those down. The things that you do, you lead victory group. You texted everyone. Nobody showed up. I remember those days. I remember the days when you had to sacrifice important events because you honor and esteem my name. I remember the days when it was so hard to go to church, but you still went. I document those things. I see when you worship privately in your room and nobody knows. Nobody knows how worshipful you are when nobody's looking. I know those things. I know the sacrifices when you had a hard time and you still took time to set aside 10% to give to the church. I remember. Nobody knows that. Not even your pastor knows that. Because we never record your tithes and offering. But I see, I remember, I write those. I document them. In the Old Testament, people would have a book of remembrance. Like the kings during, you know, in Esther's time, there was a book that the king says, can you open the book? I couldn't sleep. Can you just recount the people who've helped me? And they would document everything. It's the same way. In the, in the book of Malachi, the Lord was saying, I have a book where I document every detail of your life where you esteem and honored my name, where you served me. I see. I pay attention. The same way I pay attention to those people who whine and complain and bicker because they think the world revolves around them. I know the entitled ones from those who are servants. I know. God says, I remember and I write them down. What was the promise? The Lord says, I write and document everything because I have a promise for you. I want you to remember this because it's going to be silent years before the New Testament. And He was speaking to a very rebellious people and saying, I do not change. I invite you to come. In fact, for those of you who fear me, I'm documenting, and for those of you who don't, this is a message of warning telling you, come back. Because I know, and I want to reveal myself to you. I'm a God of grace. I'm a God of love. But I'm also a God of judgment. And therefore, I invite you to return to me, and I will return to you. Because I remember and I write things down. What was the promise? The next verse, verse 17. It says, They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. What was the promise or the declaration? I document everything, and here's what I want to say. You're mine. You are mine. Now, coming from God, that's different. I know coming from your husband, it's so, oh, you're mine. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But coming from a God who created the universe, and He says, you are mine. Not only are you mine, you're my treasured possession. Do you have treasured possessions? Something that you keep? You keep it so tight that you don't actually use it? You just open the lock and then you look at it and then you put it back because it's a treasured possession. You, know? you keep it locked away somewhere deep where even the bad guys in Justice League won't see. That's a treasured possession. 
This is so important. I will guard it because it's mine. And when God says it is mine, it's something special. I'm God's. I'm His treasured possession. See, in the midst of a lot of insecurities in our culture today, where a lot of people are come from broken families, wanting to be loved, accepted, recognized, this is very comforting. The Lord says, you're mine. I'm your father. You're my child. You're my treasured possession. Some of us, we need to hear this. Some of us, it's a simple truth that could change our lives when we know there is a God who's saying, you're mine. You're my treasured possession. You're so important to me. Keep you. I guard you. No one can snatch you away from my hand. I will rebuke the devourer who would come against you because you're mine. I am your God. And I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. The Lord was talking about judgment. He says, when the day of judgment comes, you will be excused. Sarap, no? Imagine everybody in this room. What makes us different from others who are not here in this room? Who won't go to church, who would rebel against God. In reality, there's nothing different about us except His grace. We were saved. We were transformed. But apart from God, we'll be the same as everyone else. And this is what the verse was saying. Because you're mine, I will spare you. You are to be judged. God the Father has every right to judge everybody in this room for all the sins we've committed. But because you're mine, you're spared. Excuse me. You will not be judged. In fact, in the last days, according to Revelation, we will be rewarded and not judged. It's amazing truth in the Scripture. You would see Malachi being tied up to the New Testament. Because these were the last words of Jesus, of God, before Jesus comes in, in flesh. And He says, I will spare you of the judgment. Then once more, you shall see the what? The distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Between one who serves God and one who does not serve Him. The Lord says, there will be a difference. Ibalang. There will be a distinction. Between one who is righteous and one who does not honor and esteem my name and serve me. It's going to be different. I know there's a lot of, of teachings today that would teach because of the grace of God there will be no distinction. Even though you're, you've sinned against God and you did not repent, you will be okay. Please, I'm telling you. I plead with you. Search the scripture and you would see there will always be a distinction between God followers and those who don't follow God. And it's very clear in Malachi. And he says, you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Between the one who serves and the one who does not serve him. God's judgment and grace will show a great distinction between both two kinds of people. Judgment for somebody who does not follow Jesus, and grace for those who surrender unto Him and esteem His name. Meron talaga. Hindi mo pwedeng tanggalin yan sa Bible. Alam ko, we want feel good, feel good. But then, here, this is not really feel good because this is the truth. 
And sometimes the truth hurts, or most of the time, the truth actually hurts. So it's a choice of judgment or a choice of grace that will be given to the people. God issues the invitation, return to me, I will return to you. So gracious to us. You're judge, but then it's not the end. You can return to me while there's still time. And then, chapter 4, verse 1. Not your Christmas verse. (laughs) Behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, not the cookies, okay? When all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubbled, they will be burned up, consumed. That day the Lord is coming. That day is the day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. What was the Lord saying? They were complaining. Lord, how come the wicked are prospering? It's as if they were excused from the test. Look, look at them. The Lord is saying, Wait, I'm not done yet. You keep speaking among yourselves and complaining and speaking harshly about my justice and about my love. I'm not done yet. The Lord then says, Behold, it's going to come when they will be consumed. This is a picture of hell. It's what we would see in the New Testament. There's a judgment where people will go to hell. People who don't follow God, people who don't surrender to Christ will go to hell. You see, we have a great job ahead of us as a church. We need to make disciples. If we remain the same, and we don't go out, and we don't preach the gospel, it's on our hands. Because a day of judgment is coming. And we all know this. If you've been a Christian for the longest time, and you believe the scripture, it is clear that there will be eternal judgment. But then there was something here that was mentioned. That actually interests me a lot, and I had to ask the questions. It says here, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. What does that mean? As you thread through Malachi 4, it's just six verses. In the context of Malachi 4, you would see that when you don't obey God, even though you prosper now as what they were saying, the whiners were saying, Look at him, oh, he's prospering. Look at him, he's not following Jesus, but look how many millions of dollars he has. Look at the good life, look at the fame, look at the power that he has. The Lord says, behold, the day is coming when he will have no root nor branch. You see, God is not just about the fame and the money. He says, the judgment will come when that successful person will have no root nor branch, no legacy. No next generation on his line. It will be destroyed. The very root and the very branches of his family, gone. Reminds me of Absalom in the Old Testament. King Absalom. Mentioned as one of the most handsome king and one of the most influential king who did not follow God. At the end of his life, he built a monument. Absalom's monument. Which is still in Israel today. And the reason why he built it, according to the scripture, is because he, has no, he had no sons and daughters to pass this on. What was interesting about Absalom's life is if you look at his genealogy, he has actually sons and daughters. Sons and daughters who did not respect him. 
sons and daughters who run away from their dad because their dad was a tyrant who did not follow God. That at his old age, he built a monument to feel good because nobody was going to love him. The line of Absalom was taken away. No root, no branches. This was the curse of Absalom. And Malachi 4 was saying, the day is coming. You might be successful now. You might have all the power. You're so famous now. But the way you live your life and rebel against me, there are some results that will happen. And when my judgment comes, you will have neither root nor branch. And this is connected later on to Malachi chapter 4 as we continue on the verse. But for you, now speaking to the crowd who fear the Lord, who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Malachi now prophesied, a day is coming for those who fear God. The sun of righteousness will come down and there will be healing that would happen. And you'll be like calves. Jumping up and down. Have you seen a calf jumping up and down? I'll show you one. Okay. Pinoy, walang L. Not that. This one. I'll give you an example. When he is released from the cage, and I was looking. Yeah, because I could not relate to Malachi. We don't have pet calves at home, all right? I have one here, okay? But we don't have that. And what does he mean? Like, they're jumping and they're, they're leaping. Yun pala, pag pinakawalan mo yan, he doesn't have any care in the world. He's so happy and at peace. He just jumps around. So happy. And Malachi might have tended some of them. And that's why he wrote this down. They're like that. They're like kids jumping up and down. You know? yeah, kids today, December, they jump up and down. Request so many things, right? You buy me this, you buy me that. They're jumping up and down. They don't know that you work hard for it. They don't care that you work hard for it. They're expecting something. And this was what Malachi was saying. They're jumping out, up and they're leaping. Because they're happy. The picture of what happens when somebody encounters God. This was Old Testament. I want you to look at the New Testament. Luke chapter 1, where the prophecy happened. So they were prophesying, a son would come, the son of righteousness will come, and it will bring healing. Look at the terms that was used in Luke chapter 1, verse 78. Because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from high will visit us, pertaining to Malachi 4, chapter 2, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. This was the prophecy being fulfilled. Those who fear God, the Bible says, the Son of Righteousness will come. He will visit you in darkness. He will visit you in the day of your death and bring you life. There will be so much peace upon you. That is my promise. Why? Because I remember. I documented everything. I write it down. 
I see. That's why I promise to you, this is going to happen. God was announcing the coming King who will rescue us from sin and death. He was saying, it's going to come. In Malachi, he announced, he says, wait for it. He's coming down. Not in your time, in my timeline, He's going to come down. And He's going to save us from sin, from death. And He will what? Give us thou peace. Supernatural peace. Then verse 3, And you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act as the Lord of hosts. He said now, when He comes, something's going to happen. Not only are you going to leap outside the stalls, you're going to tread on the wicked. You have authority over every wicked thing. And he was saying, this is going to happen now if you follow me. You're going to have a mission in life. You're not going to run in circles for the rest of your life. Kain, tulog, trabaho, kain, tulog, trabaho, kain, tulog, trabaho. Boring life. No, you'll be like the calves who will leap up out of the stalls and you will now tread upon the wicked because I'm giving you a mission as my church and as my treasured possession. You will feel a sense of destiny because I will give you a mission and I will give you the authority to do that. Bible says in Romans 16.20 The God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath our feet. He says, my mission I give to the church. You're going to go out and you're going to crush the plans of the enemy. Now, if you read Malachi 4, tandaan nyo, ang buong Malachi is a prequel to, it's like Star Wars, may prequel, di ba? Before the Christmas story, which we'll go through next week, this was the backdrop. This was what happened before, silent and then came. Jesus. So he was giving them, you are going to have a mission as my people. You will crush the enemy. You're going to win. You're going to influence. You're going to take dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. Just like in Genesis, the original mandate. You're going to make disciples. You cannot just attend church. We're going to change the world, by the way. I'm giving you that authority. That's the role of the church now. That's why when we say we're going to bless the city, we're not. Echo bag is the bonus. What we're doing is we're opening up the doors for the gospel to be preached in our city. That's the Noche Buena's an excuse. We all know Noche Buena will not change their world, right? After kumain ng macaroni salad niyan, ano mangyari? Tatabalang yan. Right? It's not going to change the world. But when they come and hear the message of the gospel, as we give them the echo bags, something can change. Something powerful can happen. An encounter can happen. Why? The Bible says we've been given authority. That's why I love Christmas. Christmas reminds me of the mission. Christmas reminds me I cannot just sit down and eat lechon. Though I will do that. There's something far deeper. There's a mission that God has given me. And He says, you will tread upon the serpent. It's going to be a war. That's going to happen. This mission is dangerous. 
you're going to fight the evil one. The sidekick of dark side. You're going to need some power and authority that comes from on high to fight him. Reminds me of a picture of an eagle when he fights a snake. The eagle, when he fights the serpent, you know what he does? He doesn't fight on the ground. He's going to die if he fights on the ground. He gets the snake and flies high. He fights on a different realm. Why? Because when the snake goes up, it becomes disoriented. It becomes harmless. He doesn't know what's happening. Right? He's singing, I believe I can fly. He doesn't know what's happening to him. And then when he's dizzy and he doesn't know what happens, the snake lands and crushes the serpent. Just like Romans 16, 20. Crushes the enemy. He disorients. It's a picture of how we need to fight. We need to fight in a different realm. We need to take the battle up on a different ground. For we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against every spiritual forces in the heavenly realm. That's how we fight. And in Malachi, the Lord was in a way, darating na, darating na. And when the rescuer comes, you have to fight in a different realm. Not in the political realm, which will happen in the New Testament. They thought Jesus was running for president. Ito na, ito na. Tatakbo na. Ano ba to? PDP or... No, it wasn't. It wasn't on the realm of the physical. It was on a spiritual realm. Therefore, when we fight our battles, we have to fight it on a different realm. We have to take the fight on the spiritual realm. Because there's going to be a fight. A fight over families, a fight over lives, a fight over destinies of young people. It's going to be a fight. And you can't fight it on the physical. You've got to fight it in the spiritual because we're people of God. God takes over the battle when we fight in the spiritual realm. This is what Malachi was saying. You have a mission. It's going to be dangerous. Fight in a different realm because you're going to tread upon the enemy, the wicked. And then he said this, verse 5, Behold, I will send you Elijah and the, pro- the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. He's talking about John the Baptist who will announce the coming of the Messiah. In the spirit of Elijah will come somebody who will announce the coming king. And then when the king comes, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike a land with a decree of utter destruction. Then Malachi ends. Ako talaga, big question mark Why is this the ending? I don't see the connect from Return to me, I will return to you. Taichin offering, turn the hearts of the Father. It's like, whoa! Ano to? May naskip ba akong chapter? What happened here? I was looking through it. I was trying to study it. Remember Malachi 4, chapter 1? He says, neither root nor branch. What was he talking about? He was talking about family line. The judgment upon the people will be this. Aside from hell, by the way, is that I will wipe away the root and the branches. It's going to stop on your line. Nothing's going to happen. You're going to die. Even the next generation. God was cursing generationally. 
But you look at it another light, he ends. And he says, wait, but there's hope. It's not the end. Because when I come, when Jesus comes, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, the hearts of the children to the father, and the roots will be restored for those who follow and obey me. You end with this, and I was asking the Lord, Lord, why end with this? It is so glaring how the Lord is after families. How the Lord was saying, and I need to give special mention because it's not Father's Day, to the men in this room. He jumps off and He tells you, tells us as men of the house, single and married, you've got a big load on your shoulder, a big responsibility that would let this mission continue. Batman, don't give this to Wonder Woman. You can't. This is on your shoulders. Mga hindi pa nakanood, spoiler alert yun. Okay. Okay. Walang ginawa si Ben Affleck. Okay, so, you cannot abdicate your role. And, and so he ties up. That would be a curse. If the men abdicate their role in the mission of God. Men, whether we like it or not, we carry something. We carry something that moms cannot carry. That's why you see in society, what does he attack? Family. If family is destroyed, nation cannot change. Be successful. Be a good CEO. Have a multi-million company, but I'll destroy your family. Nothing will happen. The root and the branches will not continue. The Lord was saying, when the rescuer comes, not only will He save your soul, He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children, the hearts of the children to the fathers. And please take note, I love my mom. But the Lord did not say, I will restore the heart of the mother to their children. Baka most likely, kasi mas okay talaga si mommy. But He knew. And that's why, I want you to understand when you read the Scripture, Ang kultura kasi natin ngayon, feeling natin ang faith individualized. That's for you, that's for you, that's for you, that's for you, that's for you. You see, the Old Testament is different. Families were getting saved. When daddy gets saved, everybody gets saved. There's power that God has put there in that design. And so he says, I need to turn things around. Then he silent. Tahimik lang years shows up. Who does he show up to? To a priest who had no son and says, I'll make you a father. You will carry the messenger. Shows up again to who? To Joseph. And tells him, you will carry Emmanuel. And then the cry, Jesus comes, transforms and starts the revolution, which we'll study next week. In four weeks. This is prequel to the Christmas. What was happening? God was preparing. But God was saying, there's a key role men need to play in this. There's a role we need to play. It's gonna be hard. I'm telling you, it's gonna be hard. And, and I know some of you might be saying, sa pamilya ko, wala na eh. Na si daddy. Tapos na. No, no. 
it starts with you now. That's why I'm talking even to the single men. It starts with you. You make the decision now. Will I now declare, Lord, in my line, starting with me, I won't let my past line define my line. A line that was cursed, that was cut off, today, Lord, let the root and the branches grow in the name of Jesus. I'm taking a step of faith. I'm following you. I'm obeying you. I'm doing things God's way. I'm going to make disciples. I'm going to be active in the work of God. As a single man. I'm going to marry a godly woman. We're going to start a godly family. We'll buy a godly dog. We'll do everything. By the power of God, the root and the branches will grow. The hearts of the father to their children, the hearts of the children to their father. It starts with me. Imagine the effect. Kaya maraming malungkot na babae ngayon. Bakit? Nasaan si godly man? Single women, I'm telling you. Hindi ko to nasabi sa nine kasi wala atang single sa nine. The choice you have. Please, one of the best Christmas gifts is kuha kayo matino. Get a God worshiper. Get somebody who loves Jesus. You want the line to continue. The looks won't help. <laughs> Ask me, I know. <laughs> the work here is big. It's really big. To connect Malachi chapter 4.1 to Malachi 4.6. Now it makes sense. We want the root and the branches to continue to grow. Dumating na si Lord. Alam naman natin yun, di ba? Napanood nyo na yung passion eh. Jesus came. That's why we have Christmas. That's why we're celebrating Christmas. My part, my mission, to tread upon the wicked. I'm starting a new life. A new lifestyle. A new family line where the past would not dictate, the sins of my fathers will not dictate my line now. By your power and by your grace, it will be restored. Then the book ends. Old Testament closes with this challenge, with this prophetic picture. There will be a day as we worship God, the hearts of the fathers will be restored to the children. The hearts of the children to their fathers. And there will come a day also. That's why it ends with this. Some people will choose not to. And there will be utter destruction. Starts with us. Can't blame. Can't change the past. Do something about the future. The Lord says, you're my treasured possession. I'll help you. You're mine. Let me help you. Let's bow down our heads to pray. Lord Malachi ended. Shadung bitin, Lord, it's there were prophetic pictures that Malachi was giving. The coming of Jesus, the rescuing from sin and death, the scenario of those who would bicker and whine and complain, and the scenario of those people, Lord, who feared you and honored you esteemed your name and lifted you up servants of the king the Lord you said something he said I will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children the hearts of the children to their fathers 
You don't want the root and the branches to stop. You want it to flourish. You want it to grow. You want it to have a godly heritage, a legacy of godliness, a legacy of faith. Lord, so I pray for everybody here. Lord, I pray that we would choose to follow you. Lord, we would choose to obey you even when it's hard. Even when there are questions. Lord, may my faith be strong and grounded in you. That I can pass this on to the next generation. Lord, empower me to make the right decisions. Lord, and I know the invitation still stands. That's why it's not an accident. We're preaching this. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Calling us to return. Calling us to come back. Lord, you want to shower us with your grace, not with the judgment of God. So I pray we would respond to your grace that it will never be too late for us you can start now you just heard a message from Victory for more messages like these or to access other resources please visit victory.org.ph or like our page on Facebook